vegetation that was crushed underneath the ice when the ice came down on top of these jungles, uh, we say over 50 million years ago, it, it, just, it just crushed the whole northern part of the planet. You know? Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Jim Chesner a little bit later about the box saga. Uh, it's a fun one. Jim's a real cool cat. Um, but first, as always, Graham mouth noises done off. <laughs> Should we just get into that right now? Well. We appreciate the feedback on our quality. We really do. Yeah, we do. People do have to call that kind of shit out right away. Yeah, just send us an email right away because some, you know, there's always a troubleshooting thing going on in in the igloo. And we always want good quality, but That's some it. like there's always cords getting messed up or dials getting turned that shouldn't be turned or Darren's just sabotaging me. <laughs> so it should be fixed, <laughs> and we don't even know if it was me. Well, apparently it was me, but could have been Michael. Let's blame Michael. You're blaming Michael, yeah, Archangel Michael, and the new mic. No, 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 Speaking wasn't. of that, yeah, that was from our Eric. That's right. Yeah. His blog I haven't set up. Right. So I better get on that. Sorry, Eric. So if you want to blog, just be patient. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you, I'll do it. Uh, I need a to do list. We sh- can you do a to do list in Evernote? Probably. We should set that up. So it feels weird. We're we're alone for an intro. That's been a while. Yeah, usually we're. It's been a while since we've been alone in here. There's been a lot of guests in the igloo, or friends, anyways. That's good. It's a bit of a hairy drive here. It's warmer. It's warmer when there's more people here. Yeah. it's My toes are cold right now. Yeah. <laughs> I got my fucking minus 50 Sorrells on. Really? Yeah. Oh, I I, it's like the coldest day of the year, and I didn't and wear a toque or my gloves. Yeah. I'm warm. I'm toasty warm. Yeah. Cars wrapped around poles on the way in and really? uh, oh, in the ditch. No, like tonight. Really? And there's still guys driving crazy, winding Plumber their way through traffic. The ditch, eh? Did he? <gasps> he was trying to call me, but he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, me too. And you know what's funny is at first I was like, oh, he's pocket dialing me. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> and then I was like. And for some reason, like, no word of a lie, I got the fleeting thought. I was like, because I, so I was I. like, you know what? I'm going to call him back because I was like, he's probably in a ditch someplace. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So I called him back and no answer. And then finally he called me back and he's like, fuck, I'm in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, he got out. Though. So I was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't have any straps or anything. I was, I was like, I have some big hooks in my garage I can go get. And then, uh, yeah, he was like, some guy's coming back with a bobcat. He was like, okay, well, give me a call if you don't show up. And then he never called. So I assume he's fine now. Yeah, he went straight through. The guy it. that's like a winter, like he loves the cold. He's just a winter dude. <laughs> straight, just... straight through the end of the road. You know what he's going to blame it on? The road. His wife's truck. Or his girlfriend's truck. Because he was driving his girlfriend. Oh, vehicle. he drove the brand new one in the ditch? <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> Ouch. I, th- I assumed it was just a shitty old truck. It's crazy because it's just been it's been below zero for so long. Everything's just rock hard, frozen. And then if it snows like six inches, you're it's kind of fucked. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what happened. I, 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 I didn't expect in, it to snow. I wonder how our friends in Georgia are doing mm-hmm. with the snow. 
It's minus fucking 30 with two feet of snow already. And then it just, I, I didn't even know it was supposed to snow. I woke up, there's fucking six inches of snow. Yeah, I know. I know. And it was so fucking cold that it was like, usually if I just run my truck long enough, it'll all just melt off no matter yeah. what. So I don't have to really deal with it. I have to run them for like a half an hour. And I went out there and it's fucking. It's a good thing they don't have those there. idling laws here. You'd be, you'd be like, imagine if everyone was doing that and how warm the globe would be. Good. And I would need to run my truck. So it's a self-fucking-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. When the globe warms up enough so that I, my truck doesn't need to warm up for a half an hour before I can drive to work, because it's minus fucking 50. It's not that cold. It's minus so, 35. So today, it didn't warm up at all? No, I had to brush just... it. After all that, I had to brush it off. <laughs> no mitts, no nothing. Fucking dealing with these. So my hands are cold. It's minus fucking 30 out. It was okay. A lot of F-bombs today, buddy. That's okay. Yeah. Calm it down a little bit. No, then, <laughs> you fucking bastard. <laughs> that was serious, too. The cold makes me grumpy. Is that what it is? Yeah. So, so what do you got? I've killed four well, minutes I mean, ranting about your mouth noises in the cold. I mean, we like to have uh, listener feedback, so yeah, by all means, anything about the show, send us an email or comment on youtube if you have to do it that way especially mouth noises we want to know about mouth quality we want to know about quality sound quality if you just want to call me an asshole it can probably wait yeah save that for the paid trolls that's right <laughs> the russians just kidding so uh so we get feedback from from listeners like stories and ufo what do you got Stories and synchronicities and trip reports and all kinds of stuff. And really appreciate everybody sending them in. And usually we spend a little bit of time at the beginning of an episode chit-chatting. If you don't like the chitter-chatter, you can just fast-forward it to uh, the episode with Jim Chesner. And Darren's got a... Is that that little uh, little uh, chapter thing working? I think I've got it working again, finally, last episode. For some reason, I thought I was doing it right in Libsyn the first time. And maybe I did do it in Libsyn and I rolled back that feature, but I couldn't find it again. But I found a place in Authonic that I can do it. So, Oh, okay. I just started doing it there. It only takes an extra minute. I mean, I could do all sorts of chapters. Right. You could do them to wherever you want. Yeah, but you don't want to do that. So I, so, I just do so you skip ahead once and it should take you right to the end. Yeah. So, if you, so on most podcast players, if I hit the fast forward button on there, not the fast forward button, but the next button, yeah, it should take me to the interview, right? And then That's also right. you can just fast forward it on any, any medium that you're listening to this. We put it, we put a timestamp in the show notes as well. So like interview starts at 44 minutes or whatever. Yep. So I have been. Bingo, bango. You know what? I have been having a weird, I don't even know if I want to tell you actually. Oh boy. <clears throat> Synchronicity? No, just a, a, a big batch of tiny little ones. Synchronicities, yeah, for me, like a last, cou- last couple of days, tiny like, little one, yeah, just little words here and there. Like words. I hear something, and I and I'm reading the word, and things are connecting like all day long. Like, are you feeling like you're in the zone? I think so. You don't seem yeah. like you're. In the I know. Zone. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to be. Like I'm thinking that I must be, but it doesn't. What feel are you like doing it. in the zone? What are you doing in your flow state? Probably just seems like you're just, mostly bouncing just, off the walls. <laughs> Just trying to keep the podcast going. (laughs) Took you a record amount of time to get ready today. Is that because of the flow state? 
You're just flowing all over the place. So yeah. you need to channel that. Well, because I'm trying to prepare for two intros here. and It's, it's hard. Like, it's tough work. So we need your support. Plus, it took me f- forever to get here. And I was late for work today like because of the snow. Everything's, uh, you know. It'll make the cruise ship that much better. Yeah. I'm going away on a cruise. So That's that should it. be fun. With I'm looking the, forward to with it. With the missus? Chilling out. Yeah. Yeah. In the sun. I'm on a boat. On a boat, on a beach. Yeah. It's first time. Should be good. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so you're going to tell us about your synchros? No. 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 I will. No, they're just so small. They just yeah, happen I, I like fluidly throughout the day. Nothing. You're going to say them, <laughs> and I'm just going to be like. Squash. Yeah. Okay. What do you got then? <sighs> so I got some feedback. Speaking of feedback, this is feedback of content. Of content? Yeah. From and this what? is from our Patrick Jordan episode. We had a lot of good feedback from this as well. But to be fair, I, I kind of agree with Paul here, and I wanted to also share negative feedback as well. So he says, Dear Graham, I love the show. You read my synchronicity on episode 189, but I feel compelled to email you regarding your guest, Patrick Jordan, on episode 201. I'm a pretty open person, although my passion is UFOs. I, I'm happy to listen to everybody that you guys interview. However, I just couldn't listen to Patrick Jordan, not for the whole show anyway. He infuriated me. Beyond his baseless opinions and grandstanding, I know for a fact he was wildly incorrect about several matters, including fecal transplants. In, two, in 2012, I was diagnosed with severe ulcerative colitis, and it was terrible. I went from being a healthy 32-year-old, I was a pro runner in my late 20s, and became a very sick person in a matter of months. As soon as I was diagnosed, I read hundreds of scientific journal articles on the disease and decided, based on scientific evidence and sound theory, to see Professor Thomas Borody, one of the world's leading leaders in inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, inflammatory bowel disease mainly comprises of ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. Just briefly, Professor Barodi's team won a Nobel Prize for Medicine in the 80s for curing Heliocopter pylori, so he's no fool. I probably said that completely wrong, but I think it's Helicobacter or... Now, now, Professor Bordy theorizes that inflammatory bowel disease is caused by gut dysbiosis that itself is caused by a range of factors, including the explosion in antibiotic use in the second half of the 20th century, and other factors like pesticides, etc. And although this theory was considered bunk by many mainstream, theory still considers it an autoimmune disease. An increasing number of gastroenterologists and researchers now subscribe to Professor Barodi's dysbiosis theory. So now, based on this theory, Professor Barodi put me on to the very aggressive course of medication to control the inflammation in my gut mucosa before starting a course of fecal transplants in 2014 that I continue to do today. I've been doing fecal transplants for nearly three years, and so far they have helped me avoid terrifying pharmaceutical alternatives such as immunosuppressants. Now, the thing that angered me so much about Patrick Jordan was that he spoke about very serious matters, including illnesses that ruin lives and kill people, with reckless abandon and zero knowledge. He clearly had no real knowledge of fecal transplants, nor disease in humans more generally. His claim that the powers that be are laughing at people who do fecal transplants sounded to me like ramblings of a madman. 
First, the Chinese were doing this 3,000 years ago for diseases just like inflammatory bowel disease. See yellow soup. Second, the level of international research that is going on into this treatment is enormous. Patrick Jordan's belief that fecal transplants have been somehow popularized by a group like the Rockefeller family is frankly delusional. Fecal transplants are saving lives and instances that were killing people a few years ago. Any link to an article here, which I will try and remember to put in the show notes. Finally, his idiotic claim that drinking ethanol is safe, it doesn't quite hurt you, was incredibly irresponsible. This is potentially a very dangerous thing to put out there. And if I may express my own opinion, I think it's this kind of stupidity that badly hurts legitimate conspiracy theorists. I can just imagine the mainstream quoting his wild bullshit to demonize the evil internet. Anyway, I continue to love your show and will continue to donate my small amount eat month. each month. Eat month. Eat month. Eat month. <laughs> Keep up the fantastic work and I hope you've gotten over your cold slash flu. So... Okay, thanks. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things that I had difficulties with was like when the things that I am interested in, some of this stuff, like, um, I mean, not interested in doing this one, this fecal transplant, but I'm interested in it as a healing technique. But some of these sort of new, and I don't mean new age in the spiritual way, but new alternative, let's say, healing things and all that. And he was, you know, Patrick was all over that as if that was, uh, you know, all controlled by Illuminati. Like when, when it gets to the point where people don't believe everything is controlled, then it, it's just hard to wrap my head around. You know what I mean? Once it gets that deep, then I just say, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point on trying to unravel the ball of yarn? If it's, you know, if, if there's if a fucking If cat, every if little thing that's developed is cat. like somehow, you know, they're involved, right? That's right. So, yeah. And, yeah, I'm glad he's had his uh, success with that. Yeah, thanks for the feedback. Yeah. There's mouth noise. I wonder if you could fix that with, yeah, watch the mouth noises there with uh, cannabis oil. I know, I was wondering about some of that, the, all the different things. Like, if he came out down with that uh, that disease and you're reading up on it, there must be a lot of different things, you know, and now these cannabis oil is pretty new too, right? But that's probably controlled by Illuminati now too. Well, you can still just make it yourself in your basement under your stairs. Oh yeah. But but the oil has been pretty successful, right? People make that shit in the fucking bush. Yeah. But you just have to make the bud. (laughs) It's a weed. It grows everywhere. Yeah. Not hard to do. And, you know, as soon as the laws lock up, like it seems like they're going to do here, especially in places like Canada and, uh, well, hopefully the states stay on the course. But, I mean, once you can grow a couple of your own plants in your backyard or in your basement or wherever and there's no fear of repercussion, then, I mean, growing a pound of weed to make to make some Rick Simpson oil doesn't seem like such a tall task anymore, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, the doctors had it in their kit, right? Only a hundred and something years ago. That's right. Yeah. So who knows? When you when you think of the, and I'm not saying anything about uh, his condition, but like when you think of the bills, people run up trying other ways to fight cancer, you know, a, a couple grand for a pound of pot. Yeah. And, you know, an afternoon. Well, it might take you a, a day, day and a half to make it into the oil, but, you know, it's not 
you know. A friend of mine a few years ago was on the oil for her breast cancer, and I, I don't know whatever happened to her, but she was like really, it was like a full-time thing, her cancer treatment was like she was eating she changed her diet she was eating really good all day long and i think she was getting a certain amount of exercise and trying the oil and like ramping up the oil uh protocol like he suggests you know going up but i don't know if it ended up work it kind of came the, the cancer came back and i'm not too sure what happened there it's funny how some of these things um you know work for some people and not other people yeah yeah well nothing's 100 percent. yeah Nothing's a hundred percent. Shit, you know. I wonder if we should. We should actually get a copy of that actual uh, recipe and everything of Rick's, and post it someplace. You know, just in case he ever gets shut down. I'm sure there's a million copies of it all over the place, but you know, we might as well have one too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good idea. You can start working on that personally here. Making it. Yeah. What would I do with it? Just have it. I wonder if it goes bad. I wonder if you could just make a bunch of it and have it in the show. Probably, eh? Yeah. Extract? I don't think it goes bad. Well, bud would go bad. You know? Bud would go bad for sure. I wonder if extracts do. Hmm. Someone knows. Maybe they can let us know. How much time do you got? We got time. Because I got a, my UFO quote is going to be a uh, sort of a whole segment here. If they make you laugh, if they make you cry, if they blow your mind, why not go online to grimerica.ca slash support. So check out, you know, maybe I'll just play that jingle at the end. It's tough to like play that to roll into something. Yeah. Unless we ever come up with some way of like, um, I think that's what you decided to do last episode, but apparently it's slipped your mind. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, if we ever come up with a way to do anything about donations, yeah, you know, like if we ever start mentioning like a segment or something, yeah, then then it would work. But anyway, check out grandamerica.ca/support if you can and uh, sign up for. Anywhere from a buck a month to 30 bucks a month. Um, you know, even the most expensive plan is less than a dollar a day. Right. Yeah. But one-time donations help as well. That's right. Everything helps. Even yeah. a dollar a month helps. You know, there's a bunch of people that are on a buck a month plan. If that's uh, what you can do, that's what you can do. If everybody did that, you know, if everybody did a buck a month, we'd be uh, in good shape. But We don't want to go to advertising and we don't think that's the model for the future either. Like the ads, ads aren't going to last. No. You know? People aren't going to be able to do this and pay for it by ads where, you know, people are just fast forwarding it or they can't tell how many people listen to the ads. Like the donation model is the way to go. So please help the show. Yeah. Do what you can. Uh, when you can, uh, the model's kind of set up so that, you know, when some people's down on, down on their luck now and can't afford to support the show, other people support it. You know, this month and, and, you know, everything kind of comes full circle. Yeah. But uh, big thanks to people that do support the show. I think we're, you know, we've got a few, we've got a few more subscribers, you know, for a buck or two, which oh, is good. always great. And uh, we did get a, a couple other donations as well. Our buddy uh, MacGruber sent us one. Even after that great video, he still sent us a donation. 
I, mean, I don't understand. We spoiled his memory. He's the one who sent us the uh, life hacking. Or, oh my God, the biohacking yeah. video. So, is it, so that must be his Christmas presents. We ruined his brother's Christmas presents. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, that was really good. We should get that guy on. Who JP? Yeah, I think I tweeted him. Didn't answer. I'll try again. Yeah, Twitter's hard like that, man. I, how right. many how many times do you go in your oh. feed and miss that shit? All the time. Yeah. So what were you gonna do? Well, I got a little segment of a UFO. Oh, I guess we yeah. should finish the spiel. You don't have to send cash. You can always uh, sign people up for the newsletter. Grammarica.ca slash news. Review the show. We haven't got a review in like fucking, you know, two months. months. So give us a review. Even if it's, you know, try not to give us one star, but if you give us, you know, at least three stars, that would be good. Five is even better. We'll settle for three. And uh, tell your friends about the show whenever you can. Share the show wherever you can. And never forget to... Do you want to do the UFO quote jingle for me? Did you uh, did you see the groundbreaking UFO video just released by the Chilean Navy? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Really? What do you think? Uh, what? It looks like a cigar. Well, not no, it doesn't. That's the exhaust being sprayed behind it. Or whatever it is. Some giant doobie flying around in Chile. Did you see the part of it that doesn't look like a uh, cigar? No, I didn't watch much of it. Anyways, uh, this is an article in Huffington Post. And it says, uh, an exceptional nine-minute video of a UFO displaying highly unusual behavior studied by the Chilean authorities for the last two years is now being released to the public. The CIFAA. That's the Chilean government agency which investigates UFOs, or UAP, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, has been in charge of the investigation. So it's the equivalent of the, they're located within the DGAC, which is the equivalent of our the United States FAA. But the jurisdiction of the Chilean Air Force, the CIFAA, has committees of military experts, technicians, and academics. So it's really interesting because he says this, this, this is the quote part from General Ricardo Bermudez. He's the director of the CIFAA and he says during the investigation, we do not know what it was, but we do know what it was not. And what it was not comprises a long list of conventional explanations. And then here's what happens and it goes through the whole, the whole thing. And so it was like kind of a, this helicopter had it in its, uh, in its sights and change the way it looks at it through infrared and all these different, different ways. And it looks a little bit different. And then they contact for, for radar confirmation and it goes on and on. Very interesting video and interesting how in the end they're like, no, we don't know what's going on. They say uh, during the following two years, at least eight somewhat contentious meetings were held with members of the baffled CF CFAA scientific committee, some of which included the active Air Force General who directs the DGAC. The general tone of the meeting was astonishment. What the hell is that? No agreement could be reached to explain the videos. Theories that were proposed were ruled out by the data. So, interesting, eh? How they can just admit that? Well, that's an infrared video, though, right? Uh, 
the one with the with the trail yeah. it start that's that's in a different uh yeah different uh view like that looks around. like just a plane and it's exhaust uh exactly yeah but exactly. it's not it kind of looks like it but it's not because all the other all the other views you see here it's completely different right it still doesn't look like a plane it looks like but that's it looks like exhaust coming camera. out of a plane but it's just yeah, a, but those infrared are, yeah but it's a, like a blob and then it's showing the heat right it's pretty weird yeah i like how they're just saying it's uh a plane yeah Here, i'll i'll, I'll, I'll uh I'll play a clip. Ah, uh, okay. Where you a got? clip from, uh, from these guys about. It. Let's see if this works here. Is it in English? Yeah. Some brand new uh, and might I add, explosive UFO footage, groundbreaking as it's being called, has just come to light. Released by the Chilean Navy of an object captured once again on one of these FLIR cameras which, if you don't know, stands for forward-looking infrared. So a recent Huffington Post article broke this story a couple days ago, and we'll just sort of go through the article here. An exceptional nine-minute Navy Actually, video, I guess he's just which is the one you're seeing I here, of said. a UFO distance, <laughs> have looked at this footage. None of it is complete and acknowledges the existence of a UFO when a case merits such a conclusion. General Ricardo Bermudez, the director of CEFFA, during the investigation told down, the Huffington Post. This is why I don't let you play a... clips. It was better the first time I heard it. <laughs> it was he said it better than you. No, he summarized no. it well, so okay. but then I ended up summarizing it well too, so <laughs> Wow. <coughs> well, might as well just call it. Right. That's it, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's cold in here, glue. Okay. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with uh, Jim Chesner. And uh, yeah, it's a fun one. I'll put, fun I'll, put, I'll put the article and the video of the UFO in the show notes for people to watch the whole summary. The plane. His summary the was 11 minutes, so I didn't want to play the whole thing for you. No. Darren wouldn't let that happen. No, there's no chance I would ever let that happen. Okay, guys. Enjoy the chat, Jim. Tonight we've got Jim Chesner with us, and Jim is probably the world's most uh, foremost expert on the box saga. And uh, Darren and I heard about this, and we thought we should have Jim on to talk about it. It's kind of like one of the the most. It's probably the 
oldest mythology in the world. It's handed down uh, thousands of years or maybe even millions of years, Jim would say, uh, through families. And it's like a, an old Genesis tale of of the earth and, and how we came about to be. So it's uh, this should be an interesting chat. Jim's a, a great storyteller and we'll uh, have a great conversation here. Welcome to the show, Jim. Oh, great. I'm speaking to Darren now. Yeah, well, that was Graham doing the intro, but Darren's uh, sitting right across from me here. Okay, I can't see which one I'm speaking with, but yeah, yeah, we, yeah, greetings to both of you. Thanks, man. Darren's got the deeper voice, I think, and I've got the uh, more sultry voice. No. <laughs> you wish. Who says that, Tinkerbell? <laughs> <laughs> So, Jim, uh, I guess we should start, uh, you know, I mean, trying to get get into this the background of this box saga a little bit, because I know we'll, we'll probably go off on a bunch of tangents here and we'll have a great conversation. But um, yeah, I had never heard of it up until a few months ago. So I'd imagine there's probably some of our listeners that are in the same boat. Yeah. And we're talking about an old, old tale here, right? Ta- handed down uh, for thousands of years. Much longer than that. Wow. Like yeah, talking. I mean, you know, today we really think that we don't think of the human being being on the planet so many. You know, we we're thinking like you know, two thousand years we've been here, but according to the saga, we're much much older than than what we're being told today. Right. So this is this was drawn uh, handed down verbally, like because uh, you hear about that in in the indigenous cultures too of of America, they always have these verbal. Verbal traditions and what's the word I'm looking for, Darren? Is that what it Oral. is? Oral. Oral. <laughs> that one. Yeah. So this is handed down yeah, from family well, to family? No, just in one family, uh, a Finnish family. It's uh, one Finnish family called Bach, uh, B-O-C-K in English. Uh, and they, they pass it one oral saga. And they pass it down from generation to generation. Each generation, it takes 20 years to receive it from the last one. So it's a 20-year story. Uh, I sat with the the person who told the story. uh, I sat with him many years of my life. And, um, you know, there's other people also who, who you know, probably even know more about it than me, but they're just not speaking right now so much. Right, right. And I guess there's been lots of movies. You've you've been on some documentaries and stuff talking about it as well, right? Yeah, we've been making a few documentaries. Uh, we made uh, one in Finland uh, last, not this summer, but the last summer called Welcome to Hell. And then I uh, made another one in Rajasthan in India called Welcome to Rajasthan. And then this summer we made one between Sweden and Finland be- Called Welcome to Alt-Atlantis, what we would call Atlantis, but they call Alt-Atlantis. Oh. And so this has to do with a, this old story about this, uh, you know, this kingdom called Atlantis. Actually, Atlantis was a period of time, but it was also a place, according to the saga. Uh, is this one of the original ones going way back when? Like, is this, uh, you know, like a 12,000 year Atlantis or is this Atlantis going back millions of years? 
Atlantis actually goes back millions of years. Uh, its demise or its finish was 10,033 years ago. It's when, with the end of Atlantis, it's, uh, it wasn't destroyed by a flood, but it was destroyed by glaciers, by ice, uh, mountains of ice sliding down over Norway, Finland, Sweden, Russia, uh, Iceland, all these glaciers. When they came down over the, uh, around 10,033 years ago, it was the end of this period of time that we call well, that's really interesting because um, I was going to ask you about that as far as the, if, if, if this saga matches up with any mainstream views of um, cataclysm or, or uh, geography. And that be the younger Dryas, right? Yeah. I mean, that kind of matches up with the end of the ice age, right? When we came out, I mean, we were under two miles of ice here in Canada and uh, I don't know what it was like in Scandinavia, but um, it seems to fit with that, that time frame. Yeah, I mean, it, in the saga, it explains actually when when the ice came, and we haven't always had ice on the planet. There was a time when this whole ball was uh, completely tropical. Even where you're sitting right now in uh, Alberta, it's it was banana, papaya, coconut. I think now that these glaciers are melting away, they find the stuff they call. Uh, I buy the soil here to grow my my pot in uh, called Pro Mix. It's a it comes from Canada, huh. and it was this vegetation that was crushed underneath the ice when the ice came down on top of these jungles. Uh, we say over 50 million years ago, it it just it just crushed the whole northern part of the planet in one dome of ice, and Canada was part of this. And now this ice is melting away, and they start to see that there's there was some kind of a very lush tropical life they see uh, pollen from palm trees and stuff like that now that, that the ice has actually melted away i can't wait till those days are back <laughs> i wonder if that's enough well the saga says the saga says it's getting ready to come back that uh, it actually says that the planet tilted over and uh, that was what caused the ice age was the tilt of the planet and it says right now that and uh, in, in the near future, probably in your child's future, uh, the planet's going to tilt back up to where it was originally, and and all where you're sitting right now will be tropical again. All this uh, evergreen trees and all these article, what we call article animals and article people, um, they won't be here anymore. It'll be tropical. It'll be what we call the, the paradise time again. Uh, did, did it say paradise how- was the time? Of- yeah, go ahead. Did it say how the, uh, the the planet tilted? Was it from astrological impact? Or no, meteor, no, it meteor? didn't have anything to do. It, it didn't have anything to do with getting smacked with a, a, a meteor or nothing. It's, you would have to go into the deep saga to really, I could really tell you why we tilted over, but we did tilt it over. If you look at one globe of the planet, You'll see that this axle is sitting over at one 23-degree angle. But it says that a long time ago the, that this, this pole or this axis was sitting straight up and down. And in this linguistics of this story, 
we have one word called ball, and we have one word called lance. A ball and a lance, and a lance is a pole. So if you think about this earth as one ball, and this axis that sticks through the middle of it is one lance, that this earth was sitting straight up and down in balance. And we say balance, they go balance in root language. So there was a time when this planet was spinning uh, with a, a vertical uh, axle. And if you look at the very top of where the axle should be, the North Pole, it, it comes from one island, uh, three kilometers in front of Helsinki, Finland. And that's the true uh, North Pole. Uh, today we call the North Pole this ice on the very top because it's the very north of the planet. But the true axis comes to Helsinki, Finland. It was the uh, original North Pole. Was it tropical there but then, the too? Um, in, uh, like in Helsinki, would that have been ice then, or would it have been fairly warm then, too? Well, in the beginning, it was completely tropical up there. Uh, there was a ring land where the sun, if you could, it's sometimes maybe difficult to, uh, to give it by words, but if you if you could imagine the planet, the pole being straight up and down, and the planet spinning around and around in this centrifugal force, uh, if you were standing on the very top of the planet, the sun wouldn't go over like it would on the equator. It would just make a golden ring around and around the top of the planet. And so there was a ring land with this, uh, this 250 kilometers across, and the sun was going around and around and around, and this was called... Uh, the Garden of Uden, it was called Hell, it was called Asgard, it was called Udenma, uh, it was called uh, Ashel, uh, which is uh, Hellas backwards. So, yeah, it had many names as Ringland at the top of the planet, from what we call the Paradise Time, before the ice, before the ice came down. Is that where they're supposed to be, That the hole then, too, as well? Yes, there's a hole in the very, in this island. Uh, in one of my, in my video, Welcome to Hell, I'm standing on one island. Uh, oh, Susie, sorry. Or, anyway, it's the very true North Pole, if you really went. And in the very top of the axle of the planet, in the granite, there is one hole in this bedrock. It's the very top today. It's underneath one museum uh, that the Russians built in uh, the end of the 19th century. But if you went down into the basement of this museum, uh, there's one room, there's one hole there, which according to this saga is the, the actual true North Pole. And this is where this whole story, it comes out from this hole um, in the in the middle of hell, actually. Is that where the Nazis went Would that be where the Nazis went into inner earth? Well, the inner earth is... When this planet was created, it, there was... Um, um, oh, that's another story. But anyway, yes, at the very North Pole, there is one cavern there. It's 250 kilometers in diameter. 
It's wow. still there today. We and it's at the very North Pole. It's very, very deep also. And inside this empty cavern, uh, these people, they carved out one golden spiral uh, road, I guess, or pathway. That, and this whole place was plated with gold inside. It's the oldest temple on the planet. It's called the Lemminkainen Temple. It's about 30 kilometers to the east of Helsinki, Finland. We've been excavating this temple since 1987. Uh, I was there from the very beginning, and and uh, what we went through, that's in another one of these uh, the Welcome to Hell video. I explained what, what we found on the way down into this temple. We're not inside a temple yet, but uh, we're just continuing this man-made um, filler that they filled inside this, this cave that goes down and, and eventually there should be a golden door that leads inside to this what they would call the inner earth or what we call the underworld. Is that the same is that the same thing that uh kind of the eastern eastern uh religions and mythologies had something like Shambhala or something like that? Or is that do you think that's where that comes from? Is that the I, right name? You know there was a time when when there was a time when all the planet was was connected with this this family, <clears throat> so you you will find, um, yeah, you. We call this the oldest story on the planet. Oldest story on the planet. So all other stories are part of this story. So this, uh, it's a very very big story. Like I said, it takes twenty years to really hear the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's very much just to pop around and, and and talk about this point and this point here. It's kind of told in a you know in an order. But yes, I mean I don't know with the Shambhala. I don't know if uh, um, I think that Graham and Michael Cremo and all these people uh, they have this right idea that there was a master center. I guess what you could say. Uh, uh, a place that was connected with all people on the planet through one system. Right. That why all these different cultures seem to have similarities in uh, in uh, symbols. Uh, why we find pyramids all over the planet. Why yeah. there must have been a central information center that gave. Why we find that there's agriculture all around ten thousand years ago. Old all over the planet. It was so. This story explains about you know this this center of of the human of the human race. According to this story, the whole human race came out from here millions and millions and millions of years ago. So this uh, this whole thing to the granite. It's in the bottom of this Russian museum, and there's a. It was being excavated, but you didn't quite get to the uh, to the gold path, I guess. Eh? The hole, the hole in the top of the axle, according to this story, is where the first two people were born hmm. on this earth. But we call Frey and Freya. The actual entrance to this underworld is about thirty kilometers away, about 20 miles away, 22 miles away from this North Pole, from this hole in the top of the center. 
okay. in a place called Gumbu. So there's an entrance to this underworld, but it's not at the North Pole. It's a little bit over from there. And, uh, yeah, there should be this uh, storehouse where they were storing beautiful handicraft from a time that we had no idea that even humans were alive or much less could be making beautiful handicraft millions of years ago, according to the saga. So that was 30 kilometers from Helsinki as well, right? Yeah, the old name for Helsinki, uh, if you went back to the year 1050, there was a pagan center called Hell. I mean, Hell is spelled just with one L, H-E-L. It's not H-E-L-L, as the Catholics spell it. And Hell, um, it was basically um, a center for the pagan dome of the planet. And the Catholic Church, uh, they had wanted to destroy this Hell. They'd come up through France, through England, uh, into Saxon land, into Germany today, into Denmark. And this Catholic Church is taking over this whole pagan system from from a long, long time ago. And on the 24th of July, in the year 1050, one pope, one Saxon pope called Leo IX, he sent one mercenary army from Helvetia, which today we call Switzerland, 30,000 men paid by the Vatican to go up and to destroy and to kill everybody in hell, this wow. whole center. So hell was no bad place like what the church says. Uh, even in uh, the Norse mythology, they talk about hell and they spell it with one H or one L. So hell is not just some kind of word we get from the Bible. It's it's an ancient word from the Norse mythology also. And this center, this uh, 30,000 men, they came to Sweden, which they had taken in 1008. And in 1050, they came in and they took the king of Sweden and the archbishop, because it was underneath the Catholic at this time. And they went to one island called Oland, which is between Sweden and Finland. And there they killed everybody. Wow. On this island, this 30,000. And from there, they went to where Helsinki is, uh, which was a, like I explained, it was a, a ringland, uh, 250 kilometers, about 180 miles across. And there, this Catholic army, they made one ring around hell. And they came to the middle and they killed and they burned and they completely destroyed. Uh, the oldest capital of this whole system. Uh, and his family, they escaped. They got out of there. And they went up into the north of Finland, and there they kept the saga. They kept the story about, about this destruction of hell in 1050. And for uh, 250 years, uh, this family stayed in exile. And then in 1248, the head, which would have been the king family of Finland, uh, made an agreement with the king family of Sweden through a guy called Billy or Jarl that they shook hands in 1248 that uh, this family could come back into South Finland, but they could never say 
it's uh, Finland was a kingdom. So even today, the Finnish museum, they have no idea they ever had a king and queen. And hell completely stayed in one ruin uh, for 500 years from 1050 to 1550. And in 1550, this family, they rebuilt hell. Uh, but they renamed it also, and they changed it from hell to Helsinki or Helsing Forest. But the old name for Helsinki was hell um, in 1050. So this whole ideal of hell was, it's not some burning pit of fire. It was just an old pagan center. And this whole story, it comes out from hell. And hell is from the beginning of the human race. It's as old as, as we are. <clears throat> Sounds like the time of the Templars and the Crusades and stuff, too. I mean, I wonder if I didn't realize they were going all the way up there. But the, Temp the Templars got their start, according to this story, in the year 1048 in Jerusalem. Ah, a couple of years uh, before. They were, yeah, it was a couple of years before that. This family knew that this church was coming. Uh, in 987, the Greek Orthodox Church came into Russia. Uh, in 987. So Russia became underneath one of the arms of this church, the Greek Orthodox. And on the other side, the other arm is this Roman Catholic uh, coming up to Europe. So in between Russia and Sweden is this small little country, Finland. So they knew that, uh, that eventually this Catholic church or this Greek Orthodox, one of the two would come in and destroy them. So they, they sealed this temple up. They closed it up in the year... Uh, 987, when the church came into Russia, they sealed this temple up. And uh, they did quite a job to seal it up. And then they said that the member of this family that was alive in 1,000 years, which was 1987, uh, he's, it was his obligation to open this temple. So my friend Eeyore Bach, who I got this story from, we started to open this temple in 1987. It had been 1,000 years. And we're quite far into it, but we haven't come into the we haven't come into the temple yet. But yeah, it was uh, this is this goes way back before this Christian or Muslim or or uh, Jewish time. This the sagas way before um, any of this kind of stuff like this. The Torah book, which is the Jewish book, is only three thousand three hundred years old which is really not very old at all in this history. You know, we're, you know, the Vikings are more than 9,000 years old. You know, Stonehenge is 8,000, 7,000 years old. The pyramids are 6,000 6, years old. So the, what we call the Old Testament, the Jewish book, is only 3,300 years. It's not, you know, it's, it changed the whole concept of how we thought because before we all, all people on this planet went according to mythology. And mythologies have a god and a goddess and a whole pantheon of deities, lesser deities. Mm -hmm. Whereas these three, these three religions just have one male god. They don't have the goddess anymore. So the mythologies of, uh, of the time before these three religions, the Jewish, the Christians, and the Muslims, uh, this is the time that the sagas mostly talking about. Mm. And yet it talks, it goes way back as well, right? Like it talks about the, the beginning of humans millions of years ago. 
right? Yeah, it, it explains actually where the human being, where we actually come from. Is you it, know, it's and it's, it's not ET, right? No, no, not, it has <laughs> nothing to do with according according to us. I know this upsets a lot of people, but uh, according to this way, there is nobody else out there. Uh, the human beings were made on this planet were created by the sun. Uh, the sun is the is the power that it keeps everything growing. To it makes every every cell in our bodies every is is made of soul of solar. If the sun didn't shine, there's no life on this planet. Uh, the oceans freeze. Uh, there's no plants. There's no. It's nothing. So the soul, our souls, actually come from the sun. So we we put the sun as as the source of of life. We don't put it the God as the source of life. We put the sun for us. We say the sun has always been and the sun will always be. It's not just some star that's going to burn out in 7,344,911 years according to some scientists. <laughs> so so what it, are, our soul comes from. Other stars aren't suns then in this in this story? No, they're not at all. We have a completely different concept. These people who made this story, this story is based in linguistics. And that's a little bit, that's a whole another subject to start with. But I, I take words into pieces like I did the word balance or balance. And we have a word called os through logi. In root language, we call it astrology in English. Mm. And os, os means the Osir people who this story comes from, one family called Osir. And true means to believe. And logi or logic or logi means logic. So the word astrology or astrology means the logic of the Osiris Strala. And Strala is the light rays that that come to the earth and turn the straw to the straw, the Stralar. So this story says there's an aces os. Uh, there's only one sun, according to this. There's only one moon. We say solo for sun, solo, one. We say mono for moon, mono. And in, according to this story, there's only one planet. We say that Mars and Venus and Saturn and Uranus and all these things, these are actually stars. And stars are not suns. Stars are just metal, ice, and gas balls that reflect the sunlight. Uh, and I, like I've asked people, I've, I've had a, a reward on the Internet for months and months and months. You know, I will give anybody $1,000 who can show me a picture of another sun. Yeah, I was going to mention that sometimes people forget that, you know, all these, all these ideas we have about stars and other solar systems. I mean, well, I don't know with Kepler, but it still seems pretty theoretical, right? We can't take a picture of another star and have it look like the sun yet. No, no, I mean, that's my whole point is the, the closest star to our, to the sun it's four and a half light years away. And that's nearly 28 trillion miles. Now, 28 trillion miles is a number that we can't even 
you can't even fathom. I mean, that's what is twenty eight trillion? It's like that's like the U.S. debt, and we have no. <laughs> yeah, that's where it's going. That's about if every if every yeah, dollar yeah. if every dollar was, was a mile, a mile. You'd, you'd get there. So that puts a couple yeah. things in perspective, America. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like the U.S. debt, but the the problem is 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 it twenty eight trillion miles? You know, the the best camera we have is the Hubble, and Hubble can't take any pictures of anything and show any kind of detail at twenty eight trillion miles. No detail whatsoever. All they do is they get a a little white light, and then they bring it back, and then they put some kind of light system. They do some kind of uh, they doctor they doctor the photos. When you look at a Hubble. One of these beautiful uh, Nova or one of these galaxies or whatever. Films they, they of f- all these beautiful stars. Yeah. yeah fit- it's all fake. It's completely fake. Well, they, fil- they filter fake. it and they put all colors to it and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's all put in here by human beings. And they don't have any kind of machine that can tell the temperature of anything 28 trillion miles. And so they say, oh, we get the temperature from it's red or it's blue or green. But, you know, an apple's red, but it doesn't mean it's hot. So it's, you know, it's according to us, no, there's only there's only one there's only one body in the space that has the heat. Yeah, it radiates heat. And that's the sun. The stars are metal and ice and and gas balls that when the straw of the sun goes out through the vacuum, uh, it can go six light years, 60 light years, six, these light rays of the sun, they go forever. So the farthest star that you see out there, the sun can shine past that star because in the space, in the vacuum, there's nothing to deflect the light. So these light rays leave the sun, which is constant, and even the backside of the sun is shining rays backwards. So these light rays, they go all over the universe. And universe means universe, uni. And universe means one verse. So there's not a multiverse or, you know, we're one of thousands of universes. It's only uni, like unit, like unit, uni, uni. So our unicycle or a unicorn or uni, it's, it's one it's one universe. So we say there's only one universe. And these light rays, they come through the space. And when they come to one of these balls we call stars, uh, the light ray can't go through the star. So it hits it and reflects a light back to here. So we see what we're looking at by starlights or reflections of the sun. If the sun didn't shine, the stars wouldn't shine. The moon wouldn't shine. Mars and Venus and Saturn wouldn't shine. And this planet would be completely frozen, black, dead. The whole universe wouldn't exist. And so we, we put it all to the sun. And we call the sun Uden. And there's an ancient poem in English. It goes, Uden is a ring. Uden is everything. Uden has always been, and Uden will always be, and Uden is the sun. Hmm. So according to this poem, 
the sun Udin has always been, it will always be. There was never a big bang. There was never a creation of the universe. Uh, there was no beginning and there is no end. It's forever. It's the universe itself is the infinite. It is the eternity. It is the forever. It is the always will be. So in this story, there is no beginning and no end to the universe. It's, it's always been and will always be. And life can go on forever. It doesn't have to die out one day as the scientists say. Can individual life go on forever? Mm-hmm. Our individual life, no, of course not. Our individual life, we all, we all must come to that time one day when we breathe our last breath. But the ideal that the way we live today is a lot of people think that we just can use this planet and use it up and use it up and we'll find another place to live and it's all going to die off anyway because the scientists say like that. So might as well just live this destructive kind of life. Whereas if we really understood that the sun is not going to go away and this planet is not going away and we can still make children and children and children for forever and ever and ever, you know, our reincarnations are the children. You know, your child will take your place. And then, you know, their child will take their place. So, you know, we're all in one ring of fire, uh, one ring of life. It's, uh, you know, I'm coming to the end of my life. But, you know, you guys, you're my future. You guys are going to take it on from when I take it. So we're just all a, a ring, a link in the chain. It's not... But, you know, just the idea that it's all going to go away one day is such a black way to look at it. Whereas we look at it that it's not ever going to go away. The sun, the light will always be there. And this isn't just some kind of random mistake that the universe made called life. Uh, we're, we're created by the sun and we're on purpose. The sun knows exactly what it's done. It's created everything that we see around us. You know, your computer is made of sun. You're made of sun. The house you're sitting in is made of sun. I mean, the sun is the consciousness. Every every thought that I think, every word that I speak only can be because the sun is shining. If the sun wasn't shining, so the sun is the consciousness. It 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 knows what it's doing down here. It's created everything. And it knows where it's gonna go from here. It's everything that they say about their invisible God in space. But it's not the invisible God in space who made this place on the first day. And, you know, he'd been sitting in some dark place for trillions of years. And then one day he decides <laughs> to make the light. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, did he, you know, if he made everything, did he, did he make the darkness he was sitting in, you know? And then if it, he made the darkness, what was before the darkness? I mean, there's no end to that, you know, abstract concept. That there's some invisible guy who sits up there in the in the space somewhere who made all this stuff, you know, and he loves you and he loves me, but only some of us, you know, he loves more than others. And I mean, it's just completely well. It's either that outrageous. So same thing. It's it's whether it's the uh, creationism from from the religious sense or even the Big Bang theory too. Like what was before the Big Bang? I mean, it was just nothing, then all of a sudden something, and 
what's on the other side of this? Like, it doesn't explain it any better than the box Haga explains it, really. So, well, what about... Big Bang Theory... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say the Big Bang Theory was actually created in 1927 by a, a Catholic priest. You know, it fit with their... It fit with, yeah, uh, from uh, Belgium. I forget his name. Um, anyway, he came up with, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. There was nothing but darkness, and then one day God made the light. Well, there was nothing but darkness, and one day something, nothing exploded and made the light. So, I mean, the Big Bang and the God, it's the same story. That There was nothing but blackness, and then all of a sudden there was all this universe. So, um why can't it just be that the universe has always been, you know, why does, uh, why does everything, you know, it's, it's thinking in a ring, you know, in a ring, you don't have a beginning and an end. It just goes around and around. So, uh, there's an old joke from Finland. It says everything has a beginning and an end except for a sausage. It has two ends. What about some other spiritual principles? So like they, so there isn't really like this uh, reincarnation belief or, uh, or karma, that type, that type of stuff. Well, karma, basically karma, we have words in English and, and in root language, the word for karma is called Ude, Ude. In Finnish language, they call it Kotolo. In Hindu, they call it karma. In English, we call it destiny uh, or your lot or your luck. These are all the same. Karma is not that uh, I do good and then I come back in a good body again. Karma is just what happens. Uh, karma, it's our karma that we're sitting here talking right now. It's our destiny. It was supposed to be. Uh, so karma is just basically what happened. You know, good karma is just, you know, something good happens from something. And I guess bad karma is something bad happens. But even when something bad happens, you learn from it. So that's good. So I don't know. All kind of all karma works out to be just it's just whatever. It's, it's just karma that today's here and we're sitting there talking. That's uh, it's not so much that, I, you know, I, I'm going to come back as a rat because I was a bad guy in my life or. But mm-hmm. uh, the Hindu mythology has this reincarnation. Now, in our story, it has a different story about the soul and the spirit because they're they're different. The soul is different than the spirit. But yeah, we we go much into what what the soul and the spirit is. Also, what would the uh, Bach equivalent of the spirit be? You know, this, this saga is told in three languages. And these three languages, uh, you know, a lot of people would argue, but anyway, if they ever want to go into the linguistics, um, it's a language we call root language, which root would be the beginning language, the first language. And there's another language called the bond language. And the third language is called the English language. And so I go into these three languages. Uh, in the root language, the name for spirit is called Ande. Ande. And the name for breath is called Andas. Andas. 
In Finnish language, the name for spirit is called henki. Henki. And the name for breath is called henkinas. And we have spirit and breath in English. But in the saga, the spirit is in the breath. So every time that we breathe in, we breathe the spirit in. And every time we breathe out, we breathe the spirit out. So the spirit goes in and out into the air. And on my last breath, when I die, my spirit goes into the air. And there's a story about where it goes and what happens with it. Whereas the soul is completely different. The soul is in the cell. The soul is the life force. It's in the cell. So each cell of my body uh, is made of soul, which is made of solar, which is sun. So the soul died. The soul is still in the body. It doesn't leave the body. And before we, we took the bodies, when we died before in the pagan times or in the heathen times, uh, all people were cremated. And when the fire was finished, our soul was in the ash of the fire. And this ash of the fire, it was collected. And it was put into one sack of one animal's scrotum. <laughs> and our ash, ash was taken to our family tree. And we used to have family trees. Each family had one tree. So when we died before our ash from the fire after cremation, had our soul in the ash, and our ash was put into the roots of our tree, into our family trees. Us people from Northern Europe, we had the oak tree. Uh, a long, long time ago in the paradise, we had the palm tree, but each family had one of these family trees, and you put your ash into the tree, and there's another story about what happens to the soul. But anyway, we have these two things. We have spirit, which is in the breath, and the soul is in the self. Of the body and yeah it's a very very big story to, but they're, they're not the same so the spirit the spirit you know is kind of has a lot to do with your feeling you know are you in high spirits or in low spirits are you in good feelings or are you in bad feelings so feelings is it's much to do with you know who you are and your brain has much to do with your spirit <laughs> Interesting. So, what do you think, Darren? I wonder, it makes you wonder about, like, um, you hear these different stories about how um, different ways of dealing with the dead can actually trap them. So it makes you wonder if you bury someone in a coffin, is that trapping their soul in some way? Or I guess you're gone, though. And that, in this sense of the form, you're just kind of, your consciousness would dissolve. Well, in a sense, your consciousness, yeah. I mean, when I take my last breath, you know, I'm I'm gone. Um, my spirit still lives on. And my soul, if you really think of nothing else, our soul lives on also. Because our soul, even in the cremated form, uh, we're, we're four or five pounds of ash. Uh, we start off as one little sperm, you know, one cell. So we, the soul is actually, uh, the soul is in the sperm. In other words, if, uh, so 
the cell is soul never dies in that sense. In the soul, there is a place called heaven. Uh, what they call in, in root language, they call Hemel. In Finnish, they call it Taivan or Taivas. And in English, we call it heaven. And in the mythology, we call it Valhalla. And Valhalla is this North Pole. It's this hole in the top of the this axle of the planet is the true, what we call the Valhalla, which is in the very center of hell, of what was hell before. So there is a place, so there is a heaven, but it's not up in the vacuum, and it's not up there where the birds are shitting. It's actually a, a physical place at the top of the planet. It was the very top of the planet when the planet was sitting straight up and down. But it's the, what we call heaven, where the soul goes to, was a yeah, it's one. Um, this axle of the planet, <coughs> we have different names for it. We call it one axle, an axis. We call it a pole, North Pole, South Pole. We call it one lance, like the ball lance. A lance is a pole. Uh, and in the middle, and we also call it one E. And E is, in English, the letter I. It's a pole with a dot above it. And that pole represents the uh, the axis of the planet. And the little dot above the I or the E represents the North Star, the pole star. So at the very top of the axle or the E of the planet, there is this hole in the top of the E. And this is where the word holy comes from. So there was a story about how our soul, as we put this ash underneath the roots of the tree, in the damp system, in the moist system of the earth, and the earth is female, it's damp, this soul is sucked up into the roots of the tree. And from the roots of the tree, It goes into what we in English call the sap. Uh, In root language, they call it sab. And in Finnish, they call it mahala. But anyway, it's this sap, this liquid that goes up the trunk of the tree. And now our soul is in the sap. And the sap goes up the trunk, up the stem of the tree to the branch. And from the branch, it goes to the small branch. And from the small branch, it goes to the leaf. So the word life comes from the word leaf. So our life, which is our soul, has gone to the leaf of the tree via the sap system, up through this trunk, up through this branch, to the leaf. And now the green in the leaf is the soul. And now the sun, the solar, is sucking this green out of this leaf. It's taking the life out of the leaf. But as we're in this leaf, we are, you be the leaf. And that's the belief system. We be the leaf. Where our life, we be the leaf. And so in the leaf, we are the life. And from the life, From the leaf, it leaves and goes into the air, what we call the atmosphere, sphere, atmosphere. 
And sphere is one round ball, a sphere. And air is the air, the atmosphere, air. And so our soul goes into the air. And now this planet is spinning around in what we call centripetal force, or what they call in root language, centrifugal craft. And in this air, this soul is brought back in this centripetal force back to the hole in the top of the axle of the planet, to the holy, to this hole in the E. This is when the planet is sitting straight up and down as it was in the paradise time. And all this soul is going back to this place we call Valhalla, or what we would call heaven in English, which is the very, very top of the planet. It's the very top of the axle, and straight above this axle is the North Star up there in the sky. And so the soul is, yeah, it's a physical thing, the soul, but it goes through the air back to this place that they, in the middle of hell. So our all soul went back to hell to begin with. Hell is, the, it's the, heaven is the middle of hell, actually. The, the Valhalla is the very center point of, of hell. So, <clears throat> That's interesting. Do you do you do you know of any predictions or any future predictions? Did they get into any of that uh, foreseeing at all, or was it all based on like actual history in the past? No, I mean there is a future thing to this. I don't know. I mean the the future the future was made by the women, and the men we kept the history. So this. Story as I as I gave it is the his story, and this future story. The only thing I know about the future uh, is I do know that the sun is forever. I know that this planet hasn't been forever, but it is forever now. It will never go away. This planet is getting ready to tilt back up, and where Helsinki. This axle will, will turn straight up to where it was in the paradise time, and we won't, the ice will go away from the planet. And that's why we're having this, this heat. It's, this global warming, is, uh, it's been happening for thousands of years. We've been, it, they have to melt this ice off the top and the bottom before we can flip back up. So it's, this whole global warming has nothing really to do with man. It's the sun creating the situation where the ice goes away and what uh, Eeyore used to say, the ice times go away and the nice times come. So it does say that the planet's getting ready to tilt back up. Um, it took 90 days for it to fall over on its side. So it's not like it just flips at one time. It goes slowly, slowly, like a third degree a day or something like that. It's still pretty quick. But, well, it's pretty funny because the Egyptians have yeah. like lore about that same sort of. Yeah, I wonder how many crossovers there are. Yeah, about what, Darren? Like the t the, tilting the tilting itself. Tilting of the Earth changing. Yeah, yeah. They even go so far. I think that uh, one time in Egypt's history, the sun used to rise in the west. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. If you took a, if you take an axe, if you take a globe and you kind of like tilt it up to where Helsinki is the very top of the planet, you can see what the planet looks like, uh, because that would there's a meridian line that goes straight from Helsinki, goes straight down through Crete, 
wow. down through Africa and come straight around through Hawaii on the other side. And that's the original, what we would call the zero line. Uh, it was changed in the end of the 19th century. They moved it to Greenwich in England, and now we get it all from uh, London, from Greenwich. But the original zero line, our whole time system today is one hour off because actually the Helsinki line is the true the true line. But there's a there's a big story about what they did for that. But anyway, they the the division between what we would call the East and the West. Uh, I'm standing in a room in this museum, this Russian museum on above the exact North Pole and this welcome to hell tape. And there I've got one foot in the East and one foot in the West. Wow. And that's the old division between the East and the West. And so, uh, um, yeah, they moved this whole time zone over, but that was the original zero line. It came straight from hell, straight down through Hellas. Uh, Hellas was the old Greece. And the old name for hell was Os Hell, the Oser people in hell. And from Os Hell, they created Hellas, which is the Greek, the Greek. So this, uh, the Greek gets its whole, you know, its whole alphabet, its whole language is based in this language also. Yeah, that would go right down through, if you went straight down through from Helsinki, that would go right down through Africa, through Crete and then through yeah, Africa. Yeah, divides huh. Crete. It divides Crete in half. And on the eastern side of Crete was the old Greek Hellas mythology with Zeus and Pan. If you go to the west side of Crete was the old the old uh, Jupiter and Bacchus, the old Roman mythology. So you have Zeus and Pan, you have Jupiter and Bacchus. They're the same same deities, but ones with the Greek mythology and ones with the Roman mythology. Hmm. <coughs> I've always, I've always, uh, I've always wanted to go to Scandinavia. Oh, I've been to Norway, but that's. Uh, that's about it. I haven't been to Finland or Sweden. So, I mean, are you itching to go back there to uh, to Finland? Well, I just got back from there. We just made this uh, this new video. You know, we talk about a a time when this planet when it tilted over, and when the planet tilted over, this sea evaporated to the top and the bottom bottom of the ball and uh, the ice came down and covered the whole south and the whole north of the planet were covered in domes of ice so where you are in canada all the way down to into the states uh was all just a huge dome of ice 50 million years ago mm -hmm. and and in between these two domes of ice uh, was an area of land in the planet where it didn't freeze. So the people survived in this this land, you know, Africa, China. It's like 10, it created 10 different races of people. Uh, we have 10 what we call tropical races, brown-eyed, brown-skinned people. And we have three white races or article races, which are white, with blue eyes, and yellow hair or light hair. And so when this tilt happened, we get these 10 tropical races that um, 
basically came out from the till. Uh, these ten races are the if you start with the Polynesians, uh, from the Polynesian you go to the Aborigine of south of uh, Australia. And he's different than the Polynesian, so he's his own race. Yeah. And you come up if you come up from the Aborigine, you come to what we call India today, or the Hindu people. And these Hindu people, they're a race of people on their own. And above the Hindu people is another race of people called what we would call the Asian people or the Chinese people. They're a completely different race than the Hindus or the Aborigine or the Polynesian. If you come over from down from the Chinese, you come to the old Hellas or the Greek or the Persian or this whole Mideast. And this was all a long time ago, Hellas system before uh, all Iran, Iraq, all this area there was the Middle East, and that's all a race of its own. And then you come over from there, you come to the old Roman race, which was Italy, Spain, Portugal, Morocco, uh, Libya, uh, Algeria, and Egypt. Mm-hmm. All these people around the Mediterranean uh, were on this uh, Roman system. And then you go to South Africa, you come to the blue man, what we call blacks today. But these Africans, South African, they're their own race, and they're really blue people. They're, if you really look at them in the light, they're not black at all. They're dark, dark, dark blue. And they're their own race of people. They're ancient. And then if you come to the Americas, what we call the Americas today, a long time ago was called India. And there you had three more of these races, and one was what we call the Inca. And another was called the Mayan, and the other was called the Aztec. <laughs> and so these three red races of people, uh, we call them Indians, Aztec Indians, Inca Indians, Apache Indians. So the old name of India was actually uh, America. And they took this name America, India, and they took it to Hindustan and made the Hindu people to be Indian. There was a deal made between a Maharaja and a Pope in the 15th century because they had a new name for India called America. So they needed to get rid of the old name India. So you have these three red Indian races, Inca, Mayan, Aztec. You have the uh, Polynesian. You have the uh, indigenous uh, Aborigine. From Australia, you have the Hindu, you have the Chinese, you have the Hellas, the old Greek, the Zeus, and you have the Roman, and you have these blue people in South Africa. These ten. What about ten the what, what about the native Indians from uh, North America? Well, there's there's three of them. They each had a king and a queen. There were kingdoms, and in the north, if you think that the glaciers were coming down quite away into what we call the northern states of America and all uh-huh. of Canada. There was nobody living millions of years ago. It was completely frozen over. But as this ice started to melt and these glaciers started to retreat up towards Canada, starting uh, these Aztec Indians could now start to move up because now they had green lands coming back. So the Inca Indian in South America uh, he had a king and he had his a queen. They even had the name for the king. and uh, So he was his own kingdom. He's his own race of people. 
and the Maya people in the middle, what we call uh, Yucatan today, uh, they were different than the Inca. They were a red race of people. They were Indians, but they were had another king and another queen. And in the north, they had what we call the Aztec. And the Aztec, uh, today, the, all these American Indians up in the north, the Apache, the Hopi, the Navajo, the Lakota, uh, um, um, yeah, all these red Indians up in America, these are all tribes uh, or clans uh, or families of the Aztec. They were all Aztec originally. Oh, okay. Uh, with one king. Of- yeah, like that. And then, and then, so then you've got the, so there you've got the 10, and then you move to the, what, the three Nordic ones? So the Germanic, yeah, the, the Germanic North. kind of people in uh, in the sort of northern Europe. Yeah, this what happened when this tilt of ice came over, uh, and this ice came down on the north and the south pole, and this planet tilted over. Uh, there's a warm water system called the Gulf Stream. It goes from the Caribbean and goes up across the Atlantic, up next to England, right up the coast, up to uh, Norway. And this warm water just goes right over the North Pole. Hmm. But when the glacier came down and these mountains of ice, uh, this warm water came up to Norway and it, it, it couldn't go over the top like it had always done because this there was one chunk of ice at the top of the planet. So the warm water couldn't turn around and go back to Mexico because there's more water coming in this current. So it was rerouted, and it came down the coast of Norway and went straight on down to Denmark and went straight into the Baltic Sea or the Gulf of Finland. And there this warm water from the Gulf Stream was rerouted. And as this ice came down, as it was coming down in sheets and sheets and sheets, this warm water didn't let the ice freeze there in this one area around the Baltic Sea. It kept the whole coastline completely ice-free for seven months of the year. Mm-hmm. It's like today you still have months of ice and dark cold in the winter and everybody goes inside, but you have seven months or eight months that you can go outside and, you know, it's it's quiet. And in the summer, it's incredible. You've got 24-hour light up there. So these people... These Osir people, they survive this, this catastrophe, this what they call a Ragnarok, this ice coming down and covering the whole top of the planet except for one area around this Baltic Sea where this Gulf Stream had gone inside there and it kept the waters warm and kept a, a whole coastline where people could live, but they're trapped in, in isolation. And this is what we call alt land. East. Oh, okay. Alt, A L T, alt means all the, all the. Land means land, and east means ice in Swedish language. So all the land ice. And all the land ice was all the lands that have ice or have land in them, which is Frankenland, Switzerland. England, Scotland, Ireland, Saxonland, <laughs> Netherland, Norland, Denland, uh, Denmark, Mark means land, Mark, so the land of Den, uh, Svealand, Greenland, Iceland, 
Russia, Russia was called Rusland and Finland. All these lands were covered with ice. All the lands, ice, all land east. But below the Pyrenees Mountains, the glaciers didn't come. You have Spain, Portugal, uh, Italy, Greece, uh, Morocco, Argentina, Gambia. There's no land except for Swaziland, which is a new name. New Zealand, which is a new name, and Thailand. And these are the only other lands, but they're all new names. So all these lands, they were all ice. All the lands ice, except for this, this area around the Baltic Sea. And these people, they now they're living in this place called Atlantis. In one ice time, and there they start to change the light. Before we were all brown. We were all brown eyes. We all had brown skin. But these people, they lived millions of years inside this hole in the ice, basically, in what you could call isolation. So and this, it destroyed so it. Keep going. Sorry, go it destroyed. Go ahead. So anyway, these people, they created uh, article domestical animals from the goat. They made the cow, the pig, and the sheep <coughs> from the peacock. The, pe the peacock, they made the chicken. Uh, from a wild elephant, they made the mastodon, an article elephant. Uh, from the dove, they made the pigeon. From the wolf, they made the dog. They created our first agriculture. They created the four grains, the wheat, the barley, the oats, the rye. Because they had six months, they could throw the food and they stored the food for the next five months inside. Like you have to do mm -hmm. up there in the dark and go, you have to store your food. Whereas in the tropical, you can grow food all year long. So, so this agriculture was one creation. So, so Jim, how did, I thought you said there was three Nordic races. Like there was the 10 tropical races, and it wasn't there three, or was I missed? I, I've heard a few podcasts yeah, no, about I, this recently, uh, about the evolution of races that I wanted to ask you about. But did you... So do you, do you, are you saying that these uh, tropical races evolved into Nordic races because they were trapped in uh, Atlantis for fifty for millions of years? That's where I'm coming to now. Okay. It's, so, so these this family they're they're trapped in this ice in in the middle of hell, in the middle of what hell was Atlantis also. Yeah. And then they also created article trees. They did many many things inside this period of time, what we call Atlantis. And then, ten thousand and thirty three years ago, these glaciers started to slide down. Because this Gulf Stream had started to cut away at the ice at the top of Norway, at the top of Sweden, at the top of Russia. Over these millions of years, this warm water finally cut, and these glaciers started to just break loose and started to slide down over Norway, Sweden, Russia, Finland, and they're just rolling everything down. So mm -hmm. 10,033 years ago, this family, they left from hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, they closed this pull up. They and they came to one island called Gotland, which is an island between Sweden and Finland, which mm -hmm. had no glaciers on it. But it was in the middle of the warm water. And there, are these people. This is ten thousand and thirty-three years ago. There are thirty people: the Bach, his woman, the Swan, seven brothers, seven sons. Seven, seven sons and seven daughters and their best friends, their tour friends, 
30 people came to this island as these glaciers completely came down and destroyed Atlantis. The glaciers, they just completely destroyed hell. They rolled everything, they crushed everything. So this, this second destruction happened. This was the end of the Atlantis period. It's when these glaciers came down and completely crushed it. I'll try to get to this pretty quick. So anyway, these people, they lived on this island for a thousand years. And these people that came out, there was a big difference between these 30 people and the rest of the people in the southern part of the planet, these 10 tropical races. These 30 people, they had white skin, blue eyes, light hair. They had turned white in this article period of time over these millions of years of no sun, and they came out to be white because white is the more color for the white snow. It's it's one evolution that they went through. So we were all brown. We were all vegetarian. We all had <coughs> brown eyes. But in this Atlantis time, it created this what we call the Arctical or the Aryan or the white race of people. Mm. And this rock and this swan, they started to create a new race of people called the Aryan people. The Ah is the Asa, Re is again and again and again, and in is the knowledge. So the knowledge of the Re of the Ah, the Aryan people. And they lived on this island for 1,000 years. And 9,033 years ago, the glaciers were finished. And now this family wanted to go back to hell and start to rebuild hell again. But two brothers jumped out of the family. And one of these brothers was called Dan. And the other one was called Sven. And these were the two V-kings. V, v means we, two means two, king means kings. We, two kings. The V-kings are what we call the Vikings. These two brothers from this Osser family, they jumped out and Sven went up to a place called Uppsala, Sweden, and he started from his farm. He began the Swedish people, the Norwegian people, the Icelandic people, the Greenlandic people, the Scottish, and the Irish. They all come from this firm the king line of, De of Sven. Huh. And Dan goes out, he makes Denmark. And he's the second of these Vikings. And from Dan comes Germany, Switzerland, Holland, Belgium, England, and France. So these two white kings, 9,033 years ago, these are the beginning of the Vikings. Huh. So the Swedish, Norwegian, Icelandic, Greenland, Irish, and Scottish is one white race. The Danish, Germans, Swiss, Austrian, Belgium, Holland, England, French, they're another white race. And the original white race is the Finnish and the Russians. They're the same people. Oh, okay, okay. That's so where we the have Russians fit in there. So that's really yeah. interesting okay. because I lately I just funny enough I've been listening to some little a bit more mainstream podcasts on sort of the evolution of the races and stuff like that and one of the latest views is um <clears throat> like 50,000 years ago there was three types that came out of Africa 
and they they evolved into like the Asians and then the Europeans and the South American kind of like tropical people and in just to generalize, <clears throat> but it doesn't make sense to me that that evolution would happen so quickly over 50,000 years. Like I feel like at some point part of the record that you're talking about will be vindicated or at least some, some story that's kind of more in the middle that, that, that shows that we've been around as advanced humans for way longer and we've taken a lot longer to evolve into these different races. Yeah, I mean, these races, I mean, each race is a culture. I mean, like I said, I've spent a lot of my life in India, and I've spent a lot of my life in Thailand. And there you have the Chinese, the Thais are originally Chinese, and the Hindus are the Hindus. And these two cultures, uh, they're different. They have different music, different dress. They have a different outlook. Uh if somebody really went through these 10 different tropical races, you can really see that the Chinese are, they're not, they're not the Middle Eastern people. They're not the Hindu people. You can really see if you really think about it, that these 10 different tropical races are really, uh, they're coming from one race. Originally there was one race. They all spoke one language, but when the tilt of the planet came, that's when they were divided up into 10 different tropical races. And each one is its own art. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, a long time ago we didn't cross the race. Today we do. But uh, before, in the nature, things are, are pure. So a tuna fish, uh, you know, doesn't uh, fuck a tuna. I mean, doesn't fuck a, a mackerel. And a mackerel doesn't fuck a trout. So it's like before, let's say we have a thousand different butterflies and let's say they all just start crossing with each other. Where in the end we lose all these beautiful arts. Each one is its own, its own art. It would all come out to one brown butterfly in the end. Uh, even in the squirrels, we have red squirrel and brown squirrel and black squirrel and tan squirrel and spotted squirrel. They don't go, uh, the red squirrel goes with a red squirrel and the black squirrel goes with a black squirrel because if they cross, we only come out with one art. In the end, they all just become one. So it's a gift from the sun that we have these millions of different species, and and each one stays pure in its own way. The monarch butterfly only makes monarch butterflies. It doesn't go with the, the thrasher butterfly or the other butterfly. So uh, these 10 races of people, I've been to most of these races in my life. Uh, I've been to their countries and seen them and it's, you know with the, the knowledge that you are gave to me and i really see uh you know the beauty that each race is i mean each american indian has its own culture its own way of weaving its own pottery its own language its own dance its own music i mean it's like if we brought them all together and mixed them all up we'd just end up with one in the end wow that's interesting yeah <laughs> It's, uh, oh, it's just, I don't know, man, where we're at. Cause there was, there's also like, you know, the Cro-Magnon and that, and all that, like, who knows really, everything seems to be changing even in the mainstream by the, by the year here. So, so, uh, do you have any plans to head back up there and, and do some more digging there, Jim, or? Well, you know, did we, in 1990, we had a couple of our friends brought a little too much hashish and uh, they sold it up there, and we lost our sponsor. We all got busted. I had to go to prison for them, and 
anyway, so we taking one from the team. Years, right? We hardly had any. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't mind doing time for, for that stuff. You know, it's like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But anyway, no, you know, so, but now we have a new sponsor and it looks like uh, maybe in the spring, they're going to start trying to, to start excavating this thing again, this temple. Oh, I mean, this, uh, that would be great. So, you know, it's, it would be incredible. It really would, because I'd like to see that golden door before I die. You know, I was the one that began to dig. I started up with the first shovel in and, and I watched everything, every stone, everything that we took out in between with these. They had sealed this temple up in 987, and it was incredible what they did to. But they didn't want this church to find inside this temple. You better bring um, a canary just in case. Bring a canary. I'll send you guys. I'll send you guys a picture of the what the the temple, what the entrance to the temple looks like when it's all cleaned up. It's an old picture, but I'll send you. I'll send you guys some pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And keep in touch with us and we'll have you back on when you maybe when you get get over there again. I mean, it's a fascinating story. If you end up doing any sort of crowdfunding, make sure you let us know and we'll promote it. Yeah, I mean, imagine just being able to actually find some of the stuff. Like, uh, it's just like right out of the movies. Then when someone tells me to go to hell, I can say, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always. I always just tell them, yeah, I just got back from there. I've been there many. I spent years of my life in hell, and it's, it's really nice people. These Finnish people are just amazing people. They're, it's really one of the, it's they're really example for what a Western human being should be. I feel like yeah, really nice, and you know, it's a beautiful place. The food is great. Uh, I didn't see any kind of lake of fire or any kind of people screaming or anywhere when I was there, and. Uh, yeah, you know, we got 60, 66 or 67 words in the in the dictionary to start with hell. And only one of them's bad. You know, the only people who think hell is a bad place is the Muslims and the Christians. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, hello, uh, help. Uh, maybe we're going to get a little help from hell. You know, hell, actually in a root language, hell means complete. Uh, like we had a mayonnaise called Hellman's mayonnaise. It means uh, a complete man, a uh, hell man. Yeah, hell just means it's nothing negative whatsoever. So, hell yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if people really understood that, you know, hell, there is no horrible place. Uh, uh, you know, I've got a lot of people freaked out on the planet. You know, oh my god, I don't want to go to hell. It's like you know, you're going to hell. Oh my god. I mean, it's just completely, it's not, you know, it's just an old pagan center. It's not some kind of, you know, guy running around with a pitchfork. It's really, it's uh, a lot of people fear this word hell. I mean, when you say the word hell, you get goose skin. People, You see people get goose skin. You see the hair raise up on their back of their necks. I mean, and there's nothing bad about the place. It was just, yeah, it's just one uh Call Helsinki today. Well, you're gonna have to you prove them sing. wrong. You have to get in there and then and get onto that golden road and and uh, into that big cavern and prove everybody wrong. Yeah, well, that'll come one day. I don't know. I may not see it, but I think you guys will see it. You you can remember I said so. <laughs> right on, Jim. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot, man. And we'll keep in touch. Okay, Graham. Okay, Darren. I really appreciate it. You guys, you know, and anytime you want to speak or anything, just I'm here. I'm, I got nothing to do. And I, 
I really appreciate this opportunity. It was a very nice, very nice way you put it today. No problem. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put all the much. links and everything in the show notes as well to your, your movies and, uh, and the books and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Send me a link so I can listen to it. You know? Absolutely. Okay, buddy. Okay, thanks, okay, You Jim. guys have a nice... Yeah, yeah, you have a, a, a nice Lucia day. Today's Lucia day. It's a very special day. Okay, great. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Happy Lucia day. Okay, take care. Okay, okay bye. Okay. And that was a chat with Jim Chesner, Box Saga. That was a fun one. Wow, that was good, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad he got into all the evolution of the races and all. It's very interesting. I'm fascinated by that right now. Yeah, for some reason, very racist. I'm not. I'm just wondering what happened in the past. It's kind of like a missing piece, I think, in the past. I don't know. We all came from monkeys all of a sudden and stuff. Or chimps. (laughs) (laughs) No, big thanks, Jim, for coming to the show. He's a great sport. And uh, uh, he'd make a great guy American. Like what about Cro-Magnon and and the and the uh, I can't let this go. Yeah, like I there's different. In my blood. I know, but like there's a, there's all this new information coming out. That's right. Well, one day maybe we'll figure it out. Episode two thousand. That'll be the one we crack it open. We need some mainstream science to go back like eighty eight hundred thousand years or something just to crack things open a bit. Like find Time a modern human. No, no, I mean like just find to find a modern human and like an excavation that goes way back. I'll uh, find out with some way to write it off. Yeah, you never know. Big thanks to Jim. We'll have to have him back on again. Hopefully he finds the gates to hell. Yeah. And, uh, of course, check out grimerica.ca slash support for all the different ways you can help us uh, keep having these long, uninterrupted, commercial-free chats. You back catalogs free. Everything's free. All we ask is that you uh, support the show uh, when you can, if you can. Yep. Uh, really helps. That's right. Sign up for a monthly if you can, and uh, one-time donations there as well. And uh, yeah, it really, really helps us keep rolling and paying the bills and keeping the heat on. Um, other than that, you can spam Graham, rate the show, review the show, share the show, tell your friends about the show, sign people up for the newsletter, grammarica.ca slash news. Everything's in the show notes. So go to the show notes and do all that shit. For Christmas. Thanks. We'll call it Christmas present. Review the Grammarica show for Christmas. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will see you next week.
species lived there on the boat of dust suspended. 